podcast with Tola Dole Fisher. Hello and welcome. This is Woman Alive with me, Tola Dole Fisher. This is the podcast for Christian women where I'm chatting with real women about real life and real faith. You know, apparently 33% of people who decide to homeschool their children are because of philosophical reasons. So there's some kind of overarching ideology that they just can't get on board with, whether that be something that's very narrow, like sex and relationships, or maybe just a more ideological understanding of you know, how we do education, what's important. I had to kind of be, kind of accept that I don't know, I don't have all the answers. You know, I have a network of like my friends back at home and also new homeschooling friends here in Scotland. No, I know that God calls us to homeschool. You know, it's something that I felt a real conviction about. So it was more like, how do I get our circumstances to fit around this, this conviction and this desire to do this? The Woman in Life podcast is produced in partnership with Open Doors. Welcome back to the Women Alive podcast. I'm your host, Tola Dahl Fisher. And as usual, I'm joined today by two guests to discuss another issue raised in one of our recently published Women Alive articles. This week, we'll be discussing homeschooling. Now, whether you have an opinion about it or not, four years ago, parents across the globe were forced into homeschooling as a result of lockdown. And for some of us, it made us consider whether homeschooling might be a permanent decision. Homeschooling can be brilliant for some families, offering flexibility and allowing children to learn at their own pace. However, others crave the social side or miss the structure of a mainstream education. Hope Bonacher, one of our regular columnists, wrote about her experience of homeschooling in an article she wrote for the January issue of Women Alive magazine. To read this issue, head over to womenalive.co.uk and click the subscribe button. But for now, let me introduce today's guests. So Hope, good morning. Thank you for being on. Hope is a native New Yorker, a former musician, model and actress, but now keeps just as busy homeschooling her four children in the west of Glasgow with her Scottish husband. She's also a regular writer for Women Alive. Elizabeth Howard heads up the Association of Christian Teachers supporting Christians in education. She is also an English teacher who has been teaching for 12 years in secondary schools and has had plenty of experience seeing what makes pupils thrive and sends her own children to mainstream schools. Welcome, Elizabeth, and welcome, Hope. Hi there. <laughs> Hello. Please do call me Lizzie, though. I was going to just say, can I call you? All right, we'll call, we're going to call you call you Lizzie. I also like that we're all wearing various shades of kind of red or burgundy. So we all got the memo for today's <laughs> uniform, even though we're, it's a homeschooling conversation. OK, so before we kind of go into the main conversation, I wanted to ask you, we're going to do a little, little bit of a quiz. And this quiz is called How Well Do You Know Your Bible? And don't worry, this isn't a test that means if you get it wrong, you're not going to get into heaven. Um, We don't have that kind of um, power. But the question today is, in the Bible, did Jesus go to school? And we've got three multiple multiple choice answers for you. So in the Bible, did Jesus go to school? Is the answer A, we don't know, the Bible doesn't mention it. 
Is the answer B, he went to temple school? Or is the answer C, he was homeschooled? So A, we don't know, the Bible doesn't mention it. B, he went to temple school. C, he was homeschooled. I'm going to ask Lizzie first, what do you think the answer is? Well, you see, I think any of, you could argue quite validly any of those answers, because it's clear that Jesus did spend a lot of time in the temple learning and also surprising people, um, surprising uh, the temple um uh, the priest with his his own knowledge so however I don't know if there was any kind of formalized temple school I don't think formalized education existed in the in the way that it does today so I would say he definitely didn't go to a kind of regular mainstream school but I imagine that um, Mary and Joseph would have brought him up um, to know and to to love the Lord um, obviously he already did being <laughs> being a, a part of the trinity and loving his father but yeah that that, that that's a that's a question that i'm uh, i'm struggling to kind of come to one definitive answer elizabeth you're definitely an english teacher is all i'm <laughs> going to say in response to that definitely not a math teacher definitely english so <laughs> is your answer a we don't know b he went to temple school or c he was homeschooled b school. Okay. Um, and Hope, what do you think? Oh, I'm just going to keep it simple. I think it's A. We don't know. <laughs> I don't <Okay>. know. So <laughs> That's true. I should I ask you what you thought. You don't know. Perfect. Um, I've, I, I, the answer is A, we don't know because the Bible doesn't mention it. But I do think you're both right. And Elizabeth, you did make, sorry, Lizzie, you made a really good point um, that there is no mention of him going to school. However, at the synagogue, there would have been a school of learning for Jewish boys. And the Bible does say, as Lizzie mentioned, that Jesus argued with the scribes in the temple in Luke chapter 2, verse 41. We also know that he was training to be a carpenter, so we had to have some kind of grasp of mathematics. So, um, yeah, he would have been learned, but we don't know if he went to school or not. So congratulations, both of you, you're both kind of right. And that is how English goes, in my experience, having done English at A-level. Okay. <laughs> there are shades of grey and everything, absolutely. Of course, of course. All right, um, Hope, you wrote the article we're discussing today. Would you just mind reading some of the article for us? Sure. So recently, our family made a major change. I started home educating our children. Where I'm from in America, this is hardly a big deal. But here in Scotland, I hate to admit it. It's hard enough being black, Christian and a stay-at-home mum with four kids. I shudder to think what would happen if I revealed the home educating card. I'm sure people would turn away from me, make crosses with their pointer fingers, hide their faces as they make cruel hissing sounds. It's only happened in my imagination so far, thank goodness. Gosh. Yeah, and that conversation was about council culture, wasn't it? And you mentioned home educating and that. So I want to ask you first, what led to you the decision to homeschooling your children? So it's really funny. I've I've had this kind of like, you know, desire to homeschool or interest in homeschooling since my kids were really young. And we lived in New York um, until my oldest was six and my youngest at the time was two and a half. 
and so back then I mean none of my 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 youngest went into kindergarten um but you know the kids were just home most of my girlfriends thought I was crazy anytime I mentioned homeschool I was in quite a tight-knit community for my church and anytime I mentioned it they just like looked at me like I even my best friend I remember her being like you're not like you don't live on a farm like this is not something that you should be considering so it kind of just um it didn't get pushed in the back of my head but we ended up moving here to Scotland and here in Scotland our kids went to a Christian school that was part of our church so um we 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 did that we put the two oldest ones into the Christian school my youngest went to nursery then I had another child um but through the pandemic we ended up really having to scale back financially um so yeah by that time three of our kids were in the school the pandemic came my husband's work really took a dive and we just had to start considering if we were going to be able to then be able to afford to put my fourth in the school so I really made a point to just start praying about it and also to start researching homeschool here in Scotland which is a different prospect because here in Scotland it's not um really done as much as it is you know in the states so over time I prayed about it. I actually um was put in touch with another homeschool mom who's a Christian and she actually like plans a lot of like monthly activities for homeschoolers so every month my kids and I would do that and kind of just try to get to know people and see what it was like and I had to work on my husband a bit over time um but we just kind of took a leap of faith um I I think it's great that, you know, we have good public schools here in the West, um, but there's a lot of things going on just now culturally that made me not comfortable with putting my kids into the public school system just yet. I just thought, why don't we just try homeschool and see? And a friend of mine even said, another homeschool mom said, you know, if it doesn't work out, you could put your kids into school within a week. You know, she's like, you just enroll them, put them in. So it kind of gave me the like safety of being like, okay, let's just try it and my kids actually were all really eager because my husband was on the fence at first and he was like, you know what, let's ask them. And they were like, yeah, let's do homeschool. So they were quite excited about it. So yeah, it kind of is a natural progression and that's where we are. I love that your kids are excited about it. I mean, you have four of them, so it kind of feels like you have a mini classroom anyway <laughs> at home for them to kind of hang out with each other. Yeah, we don't have that problem of like, you know, when you I could see if you have one kid, you know, or even two kids, like, you know, it might just get a bit boring. But we've got a lot of children with a lot of personality. <laughs> we don't have any shy kids. So it's always very lively. And I will say that now every single one of my friends that was against me homeschooling now homeschools as well. So oh, I think that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, the pandemic really changed things, I think, for a lot of people. So, um, yeah, so now we're all happy homeschoolers (laughs) lovely and Lizzie your children go to mainstream uh, mainstream schools and you yourself are a teacher so just to start what made you want to be a teacher that's a really good question actually because I didn't start out in education or thinking that I wanted to be a teacher I actually started out pursuing a career in law and I kind of fell into teaching I got a bit disenfranchised with the idea of law and I started working in actually a Christian school and trying to sort of bide my time working out what the best thing to do was. My husband was doing some chaplaincy in the school and um, and I was helping out in some of the lessons and 
I really started to enjoy it. I started to um, really kind of invest in developing those relationships. And being a Christian school, we we had some of that freedom as well to kind of discuss those big issues from a really biblical perspective. Um, so I enjoyed seeing kids make academic progression. And I thought, I, I could do this job that this teacher's doing. And I am, um, yeah, I took a bit of a leap of faith applied to do a teacher training course they accepted me and then I taught for for 12 years in the classroom and my subject was English um because although I studied law at university I did do some English literature um bits as well um I did some modules in English lit and you mentioned then that you felt there might be some crossover with Hope's experience, even though um, your, your Hope's children are homeschooled and your children go to mainstream, go to mainstream schools. Uh, but just, Lizzie, now, so you now, in your work um, with the Association of Christian Teachers, you're supporting Christians in, is that mainstream education? So that those working in mainstream schools, not homeschooling t- uh, teachers? Yeah, no, so none of our members would be homeschoolers um right. per se um but well they may be supporters in terms of they're really supportive of our kind of vision and mission mm-hmm. um so although they wouldn't be the kind of the direct beneficiaries as it were I do have um a lot of contacts and do a lot of crossover stuff with those that are involved in homeschooling and um and I would be incredibly supportive of those networks and we would certainly have similar concerns, not just about the kind of the schooling of the UK, but the kind of the overall um, sort of mechanisms and and powers that we feel are pot- potentially increasingly being taken away from from parents. Because let's remember that parents are the primary educators of their children, whether they are in a school setting or being educated in the home. Um, and I think that's something that very often we forget absolutely so I want to throw it out to both of you now what are the some of the advantages or uh, blessings of homeschooling that people might find difficult if their children are um, in mainstream education well I would say not having to get up at the crack of dawn (laughs) (laughs) that's actually a, a massive one for me because we went to a Christian school and the school was about a 25 minute drive away so we had like a really hectic morning time every every morning and um my husband travels as well for work so a lot of the times it's just me here with the kids and it was just it was a lot and then on top of that just the morning time but then there was also the commute times there was about almost two hours a day on weekdays that I was driving um so just having a little bit more um freed up time I think um I think the flexibility of it <laughs> so, yeah. no. hi one of your children come to join I us know. now <laughs> I'll come out when I'm done okay okay I would definitely say that that's something that um you know I can really get on board with the idea that you can sort of tailor education to meet your family's needs um around me although we do have homeschool um, parents in our church, et cetera, I would say it's probably rare that many families in my area would have that kind of commute. However, for different reasons, um, 
I can certainly understand why you'd want to tell your education to meet your child's particular needs, particularly if they have, I don't know, some kind of um, special educational need. Um, and to have that flexible schedule um, to really boost, you know, educational opportunities for a child that might have a particular interest in something. And um, and you can take advantage of all kinds of non-traditional experiences. So I get that. I get that. I- I think also um, like having the opportunity to expose the kids to different things. Like we do, my my middle aged boys play football, um, and so with the commute and everything, you know, most days of the week we're getting home, you know, doing homework and then having to get ready for a football club. And they're both that they were at the time at different clubs, but even now they're in the same club and they still go to different places for their training. Um, my my kids do swimming on a Monday, um, which it's great and it's not something that we would have been we would have been able to do it, but it would just been another kind of thing of like another chunk of time um in our week that was taking away from other things. Um my daughter is so she was doing French in school, obviously, but she's been begging to do Japanese for whatever reason I have no idea why but she's just been really interested in Japanese so last week we bit the bullet and I was like okay you can do the Rosetta Stone app and do Japanese and um, I also have an interest in them learning Latin so I think we'll probably start that in Bips and Bob soon so I think it's just this idea that like you know I can expose them to different things see how they like it one of my sons um he's a great reader but his spelling and um writing are a bit labored so you know it's you know being able to kind of tailor like how he's doing that and you know in relation to what the other kids are doing um when one of my sons has issues with math he's actually really good with math but he I I've learned actually I didn't know this before we're doing homeschool but he really struggles with not knowing things he doesn't like that feeling of like you know I don't know this and I have to learn he's very um he's good at a lot of things so when he's not good at something he feels like you know so just being able to like walk him through that and even scripturally we've been working on the scripture that um um God's strength is made perfect in our weakness so you know just teaching him it's okay to be weak it's okay to be not so good at something and to really just like embrace it so that then you can you can learn you can be like yeah I don't know this I need to learn it and in order to learn this I need to accept that I I don't know and I don't understand it and that's okay it's okay not to know things so I would have never had that experience with him I mean maybe at, you know in homework but from his teacher at school I was learning that he was really great with maths and he didn't have any issues so I think um being able to be more involved in them individually and knowing exactly where they are with things and then sit you know with them as they learn it so I think it's just like it's it's really it's great and it doesn't you know I'm not the kind of person that's like oh I have to like have a hand in every single thing my kids are doing it's just been obviously you know a, a byproduct of homeschooling but I found it quite enriching so I yeah it does sound like you're it's actually helping you to get to know your children better as well and Lizzie obviously mentioned that parents are the the primary educators of their children even if they're not teachers or you know know how to teach I do want to ask Hope um, a question about um, your confidence going into homeschooling not having had a teaching background but before I do that I want to ask you Lizzie 
Um, so in your work kind of supporting Christians, Christians in education, we've talked so far about what you can include if you're homeschooling and, and what you can then do that you wouldn't necessarily be able to do in school. But is there anything that you find comes up a lot in terms of what Christians may not be feeling comfortable teaching in school um, mm. that, that that then can get kind of you can miss that out if you're homeschooling, Lizzie? Absolutely. And this has come up um, a lot recently in the media. Um, obviously, the the kind of headline issues are to do with sex and relationships education, um, and to do with some of the the more recent cultural phenomena as, as well regarding kind of identity, etc. And as a Christian parent, um, and you know we're Christians, you know we both have those strong Christian values and and we believe that actually what the Bible says about our identity and what the Bible says about sex and relationships is is really important and that um that perspective often is not valued not not taught as the kind of the overarching truth or, or even a kind of viable truth amongst many options um so that would be one of the primary concerns of the teachers that that I speak to. Um, and I I obviously saw bits of that. Now, I've not been in the classroom for three years, just to bear in mind. So and I never taught the kind of the PSHE, et cetera. But I did see creeping in and getting more kind of um, progressive. Some of these materials that I would deem to be not just concerning, but really um antithetical really inconsistent and really damaging for children let alone being kind of um yeah not not working at all with a christian worldview um so i can understand then why there would be many christians who would want to um develop a strong understanding of the bible's view of these issues a real sense of purpose in who i am made as a a child of God and and reflecting the identity and the image of God um so yeah I can understand that and actually when you look at the reasons if you just break down some of the the data um um from uh the House of Commons you know apparently 33 percent of people who decide to homeschool their children are because of philosophical reasons so there's some kind of overarching ideology that they just can't get on board with whether that be something that's very narrow like sex and relationships or maybe just a more ideological understanding of you know how we do education what's important and then there there are further um people who are really dissatisfied with a particular school so you can see perhaps how um how this is coming to fruition and there's been a massive increase since 2019. Um, there's been almost 40,000 extra homeschooling children in England. I don't know what the stats are. I'm sorry for um, well, Scotland. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I have. So I have the um, I have the stats for 2023. I don't know what it was before, but in 2023, uh, it was estimated that between 125,000 to 180,000 children were being homeschooled in the UK, mm. which is huge. And I know there are also lots of 
um, newer variation, surely from when I was younger, that have come up in the UK that I think existed in the rest of the world, but not so much in the UK, like forest schools and kind of these smaller uh, types of schools that differ slightly from mainstream education um, and, and then allow there to be a bit more flexibility in the curriculum, whether that's, as you say, Lizzie, philosophical things or um, kind of an overarching, like how how do we teach you know, yeah. are they in the classroom? Are they outside most of the time? Is it as structured as sit down for this lesson, assembly, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And also m- my mum retrained as a teacher when my parents got divorced because she wanted to spend more time with us. And she was very big on knowing what the individual needs of a child are, which of course is difficult if you're a teacher with 30 odd kids in the class. Um, yeah. And yeah. I-, I wasn't homeschooled. I went to a mainstream school, but when I was about... Is it four and uh, you kids in the UK are expected to learn to be reading or learning to read? Whatever age I was, my teacher told my mum that I was uh, struggling to learn to read and that I was quite slow. And my mum is a very proud Nigerian parent. And she said, absolutely not. There is no way my child is slow or has any learning difficulties. And this is not because she was in denial about me struggling. She just knew her daughter and I'm, you know, a journalist now. So she took me out of school, teaching me herself. And then when I could learn to read and write, she went back into school. And that was a real wake up call, I think, for her that actually, even though we were at school and I went, then went to private school. And even when I was in that, that school, she realized that the onus was on her as a parent to actually make sure we got the right education. Because you can throw all the money in the world at the school or at extracurricular activities. But actually, it is the parent's primary role to make sure their child's getting the education they need. And that, I guess, is what homeschooling parents find they have more control over. But for anyone listening who might think homeschooling feels really daunting, and I don't have children, but it feels very daunting. I don't know that I'd be choosing that option if I did have children. How did you, how, how, how did you kind of go about it? Because you didn't have a teaching background, I don't think. Did you feel daunted, daunted about the idea of being a teacher? Yeah, I mean, it is daunting. It really is. It's like, I think first and foremost, because of our um, our home situation, my husband travels quite a lot for work. So it is a lot. There is a lot of like, it's all on me to, <laughs> you know, to, to do everything. Um, and that is something that I have to like take to the Lord, first of all, because everything's not all on me. And you know, whatever is on me, I know that I can handle, you know, in Christ. So a lot of it is, I think, um, just like mindset. Um, There's also like something, so I've not really, um, I don't know the word for it, but I've not really put anything onto other people yet. My my sons do do sort of a forest school, like outdoor um, thing now on Thursdays, which is just a new development and it's gone really well. So it's like 10 to 10 to 2 and they're outside the whole entire time and they do like woodworking and you know how to make fires and archery and like just doing whatever they want you know if they don't want to do that they can just walk about and so that's been a new thing that they do um I'm thinking with my daughter actually she's in S yeah she's in S1 so I'm thinking with her um about doing some online um courses 
probably starting next year, just in the things that I'm not that strong in. Um, my kids and I have always read, I've always read to the children since they were like babies um, and they have a real love for reading. So um, I chose a, a homeschool method called Charlotte Mason and it is a really heavily literature based. So I do a lot of reading and even though there is a, there is a specific curriculum I use, um, but it is very self-tailored. So the good thing about that is that I have a lot of control over that and knowing like what my particular kids like. The bad thing is that it is all kind of all on me to kind of, you know, have everything sorted like that we're going to do and a lot of it is also kind of um uh I don't know like it's just a process I had to kind of be kind of accept that I don't know I don't have all the answers you know I have a network of of like my friends back at home and also new home schooling friends here in Scotland that I can go to and ask about things but I think that whole idea of pressure and that's all on me I have to really um work to not you know carry that because it's it is in a way but in a way it's not I know that God called us to homeschool you know it's something that I felt a real conviction about so it was more like how do I get our circumstances to fit around this this conviction and this desire to do this um you know I would say hope and I think you know you seem to have a fantastic attitude to it and I think you acknowledge that what you're doing it's a weighty responsibility isn't it overseeing your kids education in that well-rounded manner and by the way I've heard loads of really great things about um Charlotte Mason I think that's kind of linked to classical Christian education and I've got friends who are big advocates of that um but I do think um just to kind of you know give the other side a bit of an airing now because obviously I do work with with teachers in in (laughs) school settings you know homeschooling can also be quite isolating and I don't just mean for students I mean for parents as well it can be quite isolating and I think if you're going to plunge into something you need to be aware that um you can feel quite alone particularly in areas where there may not be many home educating families um you know, there will be, if you look hard enough, there will be opportunities for local interactions and local forest schools or, or local meetups, absolutely. But still having that overall kind of um, responsibility for, for your children can be quite quite a weighty burden. Um, and there are some things, particularly as children get older and they become teenagers and then they start to think about formalised exams, um, there are really big considerations there about the difficulties that can be posed if, you know, kids want to take in in England and Wales, um, GCSEs or hires, A-levels. You know, applying to university can sometimes be challenging for home-educated kids, um, perhaps not always having the same access to careers advisors, etc. These aren't things that can't be circumnavigated. Of course they can't. I'm sure, Hope, you sound like you're doing an awesome job um but I would say it this is something you have to as Hope said sort of build your life around if you have that strong conviction this is a vocation we're not in Covid times anymore whereby you can kind of sit your kid in front of a screen hope that the school send through some work and you get on with your job or you get on with something else this is something you have to apply yourself to um because let's remember that that teachers are 
highly trained and although they have 30 kids in a class they are they're highly trained at being able to be receptive and responsive to those children's needs and they have the subject knowledge and they have the training they have the skills um and although they're under immense pressure they kind of know how to deal with that for a parent there are some wonderful boons or some wonderful opportunities to be responsive and to get to know your kids and to nurture them but it is a weighty responsibility from my own perspective our kids are in our local school and that has been really great at giving an opportunity for a christian voice to be heard and i would advocate for christian parents if they do feel that mainstream schooling is a an option for them to get as involved as possible in their local schools so i coerced my husband to be um, on the governing body I'm a part of the PTA we show a great interest and invest quite a lot in that school community um, and have done our best to come alongside other families and build relationships with teachers and um, yeah other parents and I would say that if you do uh, decide to mainstream school your child and if you want to safeguard as best you can within that context then you need to be doing all you can to support your school, give them challenge, give them um, support and encouragement where they're doing well. Because at the end of the day, again, if you send your child off to the local primary or secondary school, you don't just leave your responsibility at the door. You can come alongside and be salt and light and give words of truth and give words of encouragement. We feel very much that we are called to give that school community a Christian voice and a sense of encouragement. So, yeah. Thank you both so much. I feel like you've given uh, all of us um, listening kind of some real food for thought on homeschooling and mainstream education. And also it doesn't feel like you're, even though you're both coming from, at it from different perspectives, it doesn't sound like it's an either or situation. And hope you mentioned that at some point you might put your children back into mainstream education. And so, and I think we understand things in life now so absolutely, but there are seasons for things. So um, you've given some resources. You've mentioned a few things that I will ask you for later and put in the bio for anyone listening who might want to look up some of the references that you've mentioned for um, maybe joining the association that Lizzie heads up in terms of getting support of your Christian teacher and education. Um, and also some of the things that Hope mentioned in terms of getting helping her homeschool her children so yeah thank you so much for the conversation and um, I've really appreciated your time okay so this next section is where we answer a reader question about sex and relationships and the series online is called Great Sexpectations and you can find all the questions we get asked and the reply the Woman Alive channel gives at womanalive.co.uk. The question that we'll be discussing today is what is the Christian view on sex toys? So the question that we had through email to us was, hi Woman Alive panel, I wanted to know what is the Christian view of sex toys, for example vibrators? Sex toys are promoted as the norm by many women's secular magazines, but I'm just not sure. Okay, so we haven't got any other information, don't know anything about relationship status or age or backgrounds or anything other than that, other than this person is a Christian and it is 
uh, interested or has an interest in whether um, Christians should be should use sex toys. So I'm going to throw this question out to both of you. Anyone who wants to jump on it can can go first and say what you think. I'll, I'll go first. I'll say that it's funny that she said that it is like quite a mainstream thing because it's not exactly a sex toy, but um, I do like a month, well, like a monthly like beauty box that comes um, with this beauty company that I use. And one month it included like this, oh, I think it's like an oil, um, but that it was for that purpose. And I was just like, why? <laughs> this is so random. Why would they put this in the box? It's not like makeup or like, you know, beauty things. But, and then I'm like, where am I going to put it in my, in my house? I've got like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's just a bit. Um, so I, I think that would just substantiate that. Yes, this is kind of part of, of mainstream culture. But as I um, said earlier, when we were chatting, I don't think there's any specific scripture on uh, sex toys in the Bible. Um, But I would say that sex is something that's supposed to unite you together as a husband and wife. And so I think you'd have to consider if if the sex toys being used to do that, you know, if it's, um, if you're just doing it like for your own pleasure, your own interest, or if it's something that's going to actually unite you with your partner, I think that's, that would, really be the end goal for me in a godly relationship so if it's not doing that I I probably wouldn't (laughs) yeah absolutely I would agree there I think you know um let's start from the premise that that sex is a beautiful gift from God for um for married couples for for men and women in that um that relationship of of commitment and intimacy and I think that um, perhaps we're a bit squeamish as Christians about talking about our our sex lives. I'm certainly very squeamish, but <laughs> but God intends us to have those fulfilling relationships. I think it's it's hard, isn't it, to know where toys might kind of um, go into the the darker, unhelpful category. And I think what Hope said about uh, ensuring that they promote unity. They promote the kind of um, the service of our partner rather than just thinking about our own pleasure. Um, And I think actually there can, I think there are some Christian organisations out there or companies that that might kind of facilitate this. I certainly would be very wary of anything that um, got into the realm of, you know, kind of pain or or that involved any kind of kind of degradation and things like that. I think... um, and certainly you know being really careful about uh um the use of uh images anything like that and explicit photos or anything like that um as yeah as you say we don't really have any more details from the questioner about if there's any particular toy or anything they had in mind so um I would say cautiously it, it it could be okay but I don't think there's any kind of scriptural underpinning um for that thank you I can I can <laughs> this is a very uncomfortable topic I can see from from both of you on the screen but I appreciate you kind of giving giving your opinions I think you're you're right uh Lizzie in saying it it I think Christians generally are quite squeamish about sex which is kind of bizarre because God created it as this beautiful thing and 
loads of Christians have children, so they obviously have been having sex. <laughs> <laughs> but when it, I think when it comes to talking about what happens in terms of sex, that's where there's a bit of a blockage. And that's partly why we have this section, because we recognise that there might be questions people want to ask, but they don't know who to ask. They don't feel comfortable asking their pastors or uh, church leaders or youth te- youth pastors or or even their friends because it can feel um like quite quite a weighty thing to ask because then there are other questions that might come with it that they might not want to engage in and for some it's just like a curiosity and I think this question was just a curiosity um and I I appreciate you both kind of speaking quite candidly I just from my perspective as well I think I love what Hope you said about with many things I feel it's not really it's not necessarily about what you're doing it's what's the heart behind what you're doing and when you said hope it's is this bringing you together as a couple I think is really key you know like it's there's nothing wrong with being curious but actually what what is the end goal here what are you trying to do and is that really happening so I I think yeah I, I don't know that Christian's I don't know that sex toys are mentioned in the Bible. I think um, Lizzie mentioned there are, might be Christian organisations that do um, promote sex toys. Or, and I, I have heard of a Christian sex toy company. Um, so I know that there are people that are trying to make it more Christian adjacent or Christian friendly, so I would say. But I would agree with both of you. I think actually um, it wouldn't be the first thing I go to. And and hope I'm intrigued as to why your beauty box company felt like uh, I don't know if it's like lubrication or yeah I, I think I just honestly I think it's just like a younger people thing mm. that was just like oh this is you know I don't know I found it extremely bizarre I almost wrote them an email I was like why is this in my emails <laughs> I didn't do that um but yeah no I do think that there it's kind of like really pervaded the culture it's like this is just like another normal thing just like moisturizer mm. nail polish so <laughs> <laughs> that's funny and I, I agree that's true I, I actually subscribe to the beauty box uh it's the liberty beauty box they're not sponsoring this episode but I will say it's the liberty beauty box and it's excellent but I think I think if they started putting that in there I would be sending an email and requesting something else to replace that <laughs> thank you so much thank you hope thank you Lizzie for taking part in today's conversation uh however you are listening to this podcast please make sure you save share and subscribe you can read the article we discussed today that was written by Hope at womanalive.co.uk and also the great expectations question again at womanalive.co.uk. If there's a conversation you want to hear on the podcast or if you have a question about sex and relationships, you can email me at womanalive at premier.org.uk. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Join me next time where I'll be speaking with more incredible women about real life and real things. For more inspiring conversations, articles and opinions, head to womanalive.co.uk. Woman Alive. Real women, real lives, real faith.